You're listening to episode six of the High Life Podcast. I'm Meredith Wadsworth, an integrative health coach, fitness trainer, yogi, and wellness lifestyle consultant. Each episode covers all things health and wellness, inspiring you to honor yourself every day through discovering how to eat more, move more, and live more. Hi guys, welcome back for another episode. This week I have a Q&A for you guys. Um, this was done on an Instagram live that I recorded a few weeks ago and you guys had submitted questions beforehand to my Instagram story and I addressed those, but I also answered some questions for those of you who tuned in live. So through the episode, you'll hear me sort of saying hi to people um, or a little bit of scrolling, a little bit of umming, but roll with the punches because it's still a really great show. And you guys had some awesome, awesome questions. So I'm really excited to dive into the episode. So with that, keep on listening. I've actually been having a pretty productive day despite getting up at like 11.30. I think I was probably in bed till about 12. Um, and I probably would have stayed in it even longer if I hadn't gone to a 12.30 yoga class. Hi, Courtney. Um, and I don't normally do that. Like, I normally try to stay, um, or I mean, I, I try to get out of bed probably around like 8, 8.30-ish. Um, and the reason that I stayed in, though, was partly because I was up till 2 a.m., um, watching that new show you on Netflix, which I had no idea was even like a new up and coming thing. Apparently it's also a book. I don't know if you, if you guys have read that book, um, give me a little thumbs up or something. Um, but it's actually like really, really good and kind of makes you feel creepy to watch it because the character, like he's basically, he's stalking this girl that he's really in love with. And he, kind of talks through like his reasoning behind what he's doing and it almost gets to the point where you're kind of like okay like I understand so I kind of would find myself like nodding along being like agreeing with his justifications and being like does this mean I'm a psychopath (laughs) so let me know if any of you else experienced that too um but anyways I stayed up way too late watching that show but it was so good and so because of that I slept in late And I also just think my body kind of needed it. Hi, Georgia. Um, Hi, Francesca. Um, Jenna says, I loved the show you. Yeah, it was so, so good. Um, But, and I'm still watching it, but I definitely got through like at least five or six episodes last night. Um, But then I stayed in and slept pretty late for me. But I wanted to sort of talk about that for a minute. I posted a little bit on my story today just about sleeping in and Um, how it used to be something that I would do all the time. Like I used to on weekends sleep in usually around at least 10 AM, if not later, like pretty regularly. And, you know, ever since really sort of diving into what I want to do with my life, with my career and what matters to me and what drives me and motivates me and inspires me, I've since changed that, that habit. And I find that I want more out of my day. So I always want more hours. I want more time to get these things done. Whereas before it was kind of like I had no problem sleeping in that much because I didn't really have anything that I wanted to do with my day. Like it's kind of sad to say, but it's like 
you know, I would work so hard during the week that all I wanted to do was just sleep and rest and do nothing and tune out. Hi, Terry. Hi, Jessica, Julia, Lauren. I'm so glad so many of you are, can make it today. So awesome. Um, but so I would, you know, kind of live for those mornings where I could sleep in and do nothing and just sort of lie around and the reason I felt like I could sleep in so late was because I didn't really have anything on my agenda to do that day. And aside from, you know, maybe like showering and like putting on a cute outfit or whatever, but then to do what with. So then I would go and maybe go shopping or just window shopping and walk about my day, but not really feel like I was, you know, getting anything done. And at the end of the day, maybe I would buy something, maybe I wouldn't, but I never really felt like it satisfied me or that I was like, you know, contributing anything to my life. And you know, after going through many weekends of, of experiencing that, I was like, okay, this can't just, this can't be it. This can't be like what my life is like for the next some odd years where I'm just like working my butt off during the week and not actually really enjoying it. And then my weekends don't really amount to anything. So when I started noticing those patterns was really when I started to really dig deep on, you know, what mattered to me, what did I enjoy doing, what got my heart excited and what made me feel like I was giving back to, um, the community, because I think that's one of the best things you can do for yourself when you feel like you're in a place where you're kind of stuck, um, is to look outside yourself and look at what can you do to help other people, um, and really find that sense of purpose for yourself. Um, so ever since doing that and, um, you know, making this career shift of mine and, and realizing how much I love being, you know, a health and wellness, um, consultant and, and really helping people sort of achieve the greater levels of happiness themselves and get them to feel that high from within, learn how to honor yourself. Um, ever since doing that, I've been feeling like I just want to wake up earlier and earlier, um, to really get more, more out of my day. But I also have to be careful to balance that out because I also know that I need at least eight hours of sleep to really show up and be the best me that I can be and show up for other people. So that requires me to actually get a full night's sleep. Um, despite, you know, having, if I could, if I had the choice, I wouldn't sleep, but I know how much I need that. I need that. So, um, I do, but just wanted to talk a little bit about that. I think that's something that I, um, had been wanting to address for a little while, but, uh, it didn't, I don't know. It just never really felt like super relevant to me until this morning. And it just sort of felt aligned for me to chat about. So that's that. Um, but from now on in this little live here, I will answer some questions. So I'll scroll back a little bit cause there were some, um, submitted up there up here in the notes. So Jenna says, how do you get rid of cellulite? I'm skinny, but I have cellulite on my butt legs. Won't go away even though I work out four to five times a week. Okay, Jenna. So cellulite happens to everybody. And I don't, I don't, I think it's sort of a, um, a unrealistic goal to try to get rid of it completely because you kind of can't, but there are definitely things you can do to minimize it. It's just part of life. It's just part of, you know, being a woman in particular, we're just built a little bit differently than men. So we're like more susceptible to having these little, um, fat deposits, but they're totally natural and everybody has them. So don't feel like you are the odd man out. Um, but that said, there are definitely things you can do that make it worse and things that you can do that will help make it a little bit better. So what you want to uh, avoid is getting dehydrated. So definitely drinking tons and tons of water um, because what happens is you can that cellulite will become all the more visible when you aren't hydrating your skin. Your skin becomes very thin and because of that, the deposits, the um, 
the little pockets of cellulite become that much more visible because your your skin is thinner and um, they just the unsmoothness of it, if that makes sense, becomes that much more visible. So staying hydrated, keeping your skin nice and plump will help smooth out those areas a bit more. Um, the other things that you can do are um, foam rolling, which are I think is just something you should do um, as often as you can, especially after any workout that you're doing. Um, I love a foam roller. It gets in really, really deep. It feels like a super deep tissue massage, and it's cheaper than any massage that you'll get. Um, so I have one at home that I use, and then I try to use it a little bit too after I teach class. Um, they're great. And so foam rolling, I'd say um, anywhere from you know five to 10 minutes, how much, however much time you have um, is great. And let me, let me know if you guys want me to do like a little foam rolling video. Um, I don't think I can do any like IGTV videos longer than 10 minutes, but I can definitely do one on that if you guys want. So give me a thumbs up or, um, DM me if that's something of interest to you. Um, hi Vina. Hi Holly. Hi Sasha. Um, so yeah, foam rolling, staying hydrated, um, putting your legs up the wall like I do every night. So, um, doing that I love it just feels so good and super relaxing it helps with digestion it helps calm your nervous system and it's so easy to do just like lie there on your bed put your legs up the wall and like scroll through your Instagram scroll through your email answer some text messages do whatever you want to do read a book um but just lying there and what that does is it helps drain lymphatic fluid um and it helps stimulate the lymphatic system so improve circulation and all that and that will all collectively help um to uh sort of minimize the appearance of appearance of cellulite the last thing you can do is continue a self-massage um, and definitely using body oils like a coconut oil or a hemp seed oil um, I actually found this at uh, Trader Joe's no not Trader Joe's um, at TJ Maxx both TJ um, TJ Maxx and it's just a soothing hemp oil body oil um, with eucaly eucalyptus scent um, it actually smells really good but it's great. And actually, so you can do this before or after a shower. And I actually love doing this before you shower, which actually sounds counterintuitive. But the thing with body oils is that they often, particularly coconut oil um, and hemp oil and sesame oil as well, is that they have antibiotic, or um, I'm sorry, not antibiotic. My God, I can't talk today. Antibacterial um, in the oil um, just naturally and so it kind of works as a cleanser like a pre-shower cleanser and a moisturizer at the same time so you just get like that um, rub it in get that um, circulation going get the muscle stimulation lymphatic drainage and then um, when you get in the shower then you can kind of rinse it all off and that way you're kind of moisturizing before you even get out of the shower as well as getting massage and then you kind of avoid the conundrum of being like super oily when you put it on after a shower. So pro tip, I love doing that. And if you want to mix in a little like Epsom salts, you can make like a really nice body scrub. Really nice. Highly recommend. So hope that was helpful. Um, literally just drained my legs. Um, Melissa Wood Health is Yes. So I learned that trick, the legs up the wall, by following Melissa Wood Health, who I'm sure you guys, have, if you've been sticking around with me for a little while, have heard me mention. Um, I consider her like my mentor. And so she does that. And um, so I started doing that too. And it really, really does help. It's honestly, it just like calms your mind too, which is such an important part of, you know, getting 
better health in general. Like your mind is, your mind controls everything that goes on in your body pretty much. So even if you're doing all the right things, if you're working out the right amount, you're eating the right way, like all of this stuff, if your mindset isn't under control, like if you don't, if you're not in a good place with that, then you're not going to get the, um, full results or the full, achieve your full potential, um, in your health and wellness, if your mindset is still like all over the place. So that's honestly like, even if something is maybe more placebo effect than what it actually does, I think that still works a hundred percent because it's helping calm your mind around what you're doing. And that's going to show you results regardless of whether there's scientifically proven um, benefits to doing certain things. So, um, hi, Melly. So good to see you. So Melly was, um, the winner of my free health coaching session that I did for everyone who answered, um, my, uh, little poll, um, that I did or survey rather, um, and had such a great session with her, loved, loved our chat and, um, she was super sweet. So, um, Jenna says noted, we'll try those tips. Thank you for answering. Of course. You're so welcome. Okay. Hi, Evelyn. Hi, Nini. Um, okay. So with that, um, you guys can keep asking questions here, but I'm also going to answer some ones that were submitted before. So, um, first question was five minute morning stretch before after breakfast. So I talk a lot about, um, doing morning stretches and, um, also evening stretches. I recommend stretching as often as you can, as you like. Um, but doing just like five minutes every morning, I think is like a bare minimum thing that you can do, especially if you're someone that doesn't like to, you know, work out very much in the morning, um, or you're trying to ease into making that a part of your routine. Just start, start really basic, start with five minutes. Um, that's how I started for me. And then from there, it sort of evolved into doing yoga, um, so if you're looking to just get a little bit of movement in your day, I'd say do it five minutes in the morning, five to 10 minutes is all that it really takes. Um, and you may even find that it kind of replaces your need for coffee or caffeine because you're just getting the blood flowing and that does so much for you. Um, and whether or not, whether you do that before breakfast or after breakfast, totally up to you. It just depends on what your morning routine is like. So if you have time to do, you know, where do you have time to do it? If you're someone who kind of rolls out of bed and needs to get going right away, um, has breakfast or whatever, like fit it in right after breakfast. Or if you're someone who kind of has a slower morning, which I think in the long term everyone should kind of strive to, to give themselves enough time in the morning to ease themselves into the day. That's better for your stress levels, better for cortisol, better for overall, um, vitality and energy later in the day as well. Um, but I, um, personally, I, I usually do it before breakfast. Um, I'll kind of wake up um, you know, lay in bed a little bit longer, maybe meditate, journal a little bit. Um, sometimes I do a little bit of stretching in bed too. Like I'll do like happy baby or, um, some of those like Pilates stretches, you know, where you kind of like pull your leg in and like extend the leg up to the ceiling and just give it like a little tug towards you or pull your foot, your leg out to the side. Maybe I'll do like a little in bed stretching routine too. Um, but I love doing that. And then maybe once I like get myself out of bed, you know, wash my face, brush my teeth and stuff, then I'll do like a five to 10 minute yoga routine. Um, but really it's whenever it works for you. So what meet yourself where you are now and fit it into your lifestyle, however you can. Um, so let's see, I need some more questions. Um, I was in the middle of seasoning my cast iron skillet when you were talking, talking, about this before please do a foam rolling video oh yes um okay i will i will do that i will find um some time and some space 
my my room's a little bit small to do a video, but I will figure it out and I will do it. Um, super random, but I know you eat dates frequently. Is there a certain number you usually eat in one sitting? Good question. Um, no, not really. I kind of just eat however many I want to feel satisfied. Is that weird? I know people, I mean, so the, here's the thing. A lot of people are like, oh my gosh, like dates are so like high in calories or high in sugar and blah, blah, blah. And first of all, I think we need to shift the focus from like the fact that they're high in sugar and calories and stuff to looking at the other qualities of dates that are so great. Number one being that they're super high in fiber. So because they're so high in fiber, even though they're higher in sugar, it still evens out to be a lower glycemic index and lower glycemic load. And what I mean by that is that because of all the fiber that's in dates, it helps slow the release of sugar into your bloodstream as you're eating them. So it doesn't actually spike your blood sugar, like eating more processed sugar um, does, or maybe some other fruits that aren't as quite as high in fiber, like um, for example, like bananas. Um, I mean, there's still fruit, there's still fiber in like all fruits, but not as much. And so there are going to be certain fruits, um, and foods that sort of spike your blood sugar faster and some that don't, don't have that same effect. Um, so I honestly have anywhere between like, usually sometimes it's like only two dates. Cause I just want like that one little quick hit. Um, other times I honestly will eat like 15, sometimes 20 and that's just what I want. So <laughs> I don't really think about it. Um, but when I do have more, it's like kind of more of it's, I honestly feel really full for a long time. And it's usually, um, earlier in the day, like maybe a lunch or something like that. And I don't really plan out like having that as a meal, but sometimes I just, that's just what I want, especially in like the warmer months where I don't have time or, or want to make like a, a heavier like salad with like cooked veggies and stuff, especially I don't want to turn on my oven in the summer because it's a small apartment and heat rises and I'm on the fifth floor of a walk up. So, um, it's usually just really easy for me to grab like a bunch of dates and sort of snack on those and have those and they fuel me, they give me energy, but the slow release of blood sugar. So I feel like I've really sustained energy throughout the afternoon. Um, but I have read from medical medium that the ideal number to have in a day dates wise, if there is any such thing as an ideal, um, that it'd be probably around like five to seven, I think that was the number. Um, and, but you know, take it or leave it, do your own research, you do you, um, but don't worry about it, you know, making you overweight or anything like that. It's not going to happen. Um, if, if you're worried about dates making you, um, gain weight, then like, I think that there are other things that you would need to, you know, focus on more instead. Like, are you eating processed foods? You know, are you moving your body? Are you getting 10,000 steps a day? Like there are other things that will, uh, you know, if you're having that number of dates, then like, if you're, if you're making other healthy lifestyle choices, like it's, it's going to even out, you know what I mean? So if you're having like 20 dates a day and you're also having McDonald's and you're also like not getting off the couch or doing anything, then like, then it'll maybe make you gain weight. But so you just sort of have to like see what it is in relative relativity to the rest of your lifestyle. That was more than you asked, I think, but I just wanted to go on a little rant there. Um, I just love them so much. That's why I asked. Yeah. I, I mean, I do too. So, um, long live the date. 
Holly says, are you enjoying the IHP course? I studied at IIN and I'm considering doing it too. So keen to find out your thoughts. Holly, yes. Um, I am finding the course to be amazing. So IHP is the certification course that I'm doing now. Um, it's to get my integrative health practitioner certification. And it's through the Cabral Wellness Institute, which is Dr. Stephen Cabral's um, uh, his wellness institute. Um, and so it's so much more, I guess, specific and in depth than IIN was. So they're kind of, they're, they're very different in the sense that IIN was very umbrella, um, uh, in structure in terms of like it, it introduces a lot of different topics in the health and wellness space, which is great because it provides someone who's not really certain that they want to focus specifically on like nutrition, um, you know, different avenues that they can um, specialize in for their practice if they want, or if they're not like seeking to be a health coach, it can just give them some um, insights into different things uh, that they can do to better their own health or better the health of their family and friends. Um, and so from there, I really enjoyed that experience and I credit IIN for, you know, me doing what I'm doing now. Like if I hadn't gone through IIN and really used myself as my first kind of client and really ask myself those questions, like turn the mirror around, then I, um, I wouldn't, you know, be doing this at all. So loved IIN for that reason. Um, I spoke on a panel, um, with them too, with, with some other alumni, which was really fun. So now I'm doing IHP because I realized that from there I wanted, I want a little bit more of the science. Um, I'm sort of like a science closet science geek. So like my favorite class in high school was AP biology and loved like just learning about the human body. And I even have friends um, when I was in college that were in um, medical school. And I would kind of like probably in social settings, ask them more questions about than they really wanted me to um, about what they were studying. Like they'd be trying to like drink a beer or whatever. And I'd be like, so like, what did you learn about like the anatomy today? And like, what does this like process work and um, all that stuff. So I love learning about it. And so I'm always someone who also too wants to understand the why behind our, our bodies and things in general. So if I'm being told that I need to work out a certain way or I need to eat a certain way, I want to know why I want to know the facts. I want to know how it works and not just like say, okay. And like do what I'm told kind of thing. Like I need to have a reason, um, and that understanding. So, um, I knew that after doing IIN, I wanted something a little bit more in depth, but nothing that was going to be like so in depth that it, it required me to study all these textbooks and all of these things. So I found Dr. Cabral listening to his podcast. I think I first heard him on the skinny confidential. And from there, um, I just kept listening and listening and he just is such a wealth of knowledge. And he was, he's basically giving away like a nearly a medical degree, um, for free on his podcast. And it was just so amazing. And I was like, and, and when I started listening to him, he hadn't yet created this course. And I was like, the day that this man creates a, um, integrative health course, like I'm going to be the first one to sign up. I don't care how much it costs. Like, I don't care. I'm doing it because I just, I absorb everything that he says and everything that he says resonates with me so much. So um, literally the minute that he came out with the course, I like signed up. I was like, boom, done, like happening. And since then it's just been such an amazing course. And he does such a great job of making things understandable while keeping the science a part of it. And I understand that not everybody loves the science though. Some people do just like wanting to know sort of the, um, you know, what to do and what not to do. And 
taking all like the fuss and the specifics out of it. So that's sort of what I'm hoping to do as a coach and consultant for other people is to understand and interpret what I'm learning in a way that is really easy to implement in your day without having to get into the nitty gritty of things. So if that is something that you're hoping to do as well as health coach, then I highly, highly recommend. Um, okay. Questions. How did you start your journey with Pvolve? Um, so with Pvolve, I found it on Instagram, um, maybe a year ago, year, no, over a year ago. I think it was a year and a half ago. And, um, I wanted to check it out. It just seemed like a really cool, like something different than bar and Pilates, which like was fine. Like I would do it occasionally, but I wasn't obsessed with it, but it just was different. And what I loved about it is that it was scientific based. So Pvolve is um, founded in like physical therapy methodology. So I just knew that there was like, there was like a science behind it. There was a why behind it. So my inner geek was like, oh my God, try this, try this. So I went, tried it and just loved it. And I love that it's low impact and it's not something that I feel like I'm tearing my body down at the same time while my, while, you know, I'm working out in the first place to try to, you know, make my body stronger. So I feel like there's so many methods out there today that are kind of counterintuitive in that way. It's like, you're trying to get better health and fitness, but by doing, but you're doing classes that are actually breaking your body down and injuring yourself. So it's kind of like, where's the sense in that? So Pvolve just made so much sense and it made me feel really good. Um, and it was not that dissimilar from other workout, like workouts that I would do on my own. Um, so since then I just sort of like kept going, kept tabs on them. They hadn't yet done streaming yet. So then when they did finally come out with streaming and we're looking to build out their team a little bit, I just reached out to them kind of like, honestly, I was like, they're not going to answer me, but then they were like, Oh, we'd love to meet you. And sort of like happened from there. So, um, I loved your post on why people feel better on keto diet. Could you elaborate on that and how to be able to eat cruciferous veggies, legumes, et cetera, without putting discomfort. Okay. So I actually, you guys are gonna love this. I filmed not filmed, recorded a podcast on keto and how to find your carbohydrate sweet spot. So stay tuned for that really, really soon. Wink, wink, like really soon. Um, so definitely check that out when it comes out. But basically, um, the reason that people feel better when they're on keto, especially initially is because they're taking out a lot of, um, vegetables and fruits, things that are high in fiber, high, high in prebiotics and probiotics that, um, are causing them discomfort. But the reason that it's causing them discomfort, it's not, it's not the fruit and veggies themselves. It's a gut dysbiosis that they have going on internally that they have to, um, they have to balance out. They have to take the, the protocols to do that. They have to do elimination diets, maybe do a food sensitivity test to figure out what those are. But that doesn't mean that you you can't be having those things long-term because those are all things like healthy things in your diet that you definitely want to be eating long-term. But the reason you can't in the short term is because you have um, either maybe a bacterial overgrowth like candida, which is something that I found out I have recently. And now I'm going on the protocol myself to fix that. Um, or maybe you have these sensitivities because you have a little bit of leaky gut, things like that, or maybe you have a parasite. And so by removing those foods, you feel better because you're eating more like meats and things like that, that don't have those same amount of fiber and prebiotics that can sort of cause the bloating and, and the gas, um, because they'd be feeding that bacteria that's in your gut. So 
people feel better in the short term by, by removing the fruits and veggies. And they're like, oh, well, this is me. Now I'm like going to eat the carnivore diet or whatever it's called. Um, but that's not, that's not like a long-term solution. Um, if you find that you feel better removing fruits and vegetables, that's a, like a key red flag that there's something going on in your gut that you need to address and even out. So check out that, um, podcast when that comes out. Um, I think you'll enjoy that. And, um, that's sort of the reason that people tend to feel better on keto, but it really is not good for you long-term, especially because you're removing such vital, um, and key, you know, nutrients and vitamins and, um, things like that from your diet by taking out fruits and veggies. And, um, that's really not really healthy for you long-term. Um, Holly says he is so awesome. His podcasts are the best. Yes. I'm assuming you were mean Dr. Cabral. Everybody should listen to him. Um, he is fantastic. His podcast is called the Cabral concept and it's life-changing. Um, hi, says, Oh, my little brother's on. Hi, Mikey. Oh, so glad to have you here. Um, it was so fun seeing him over the holidays, loves tuning in to him and his girlfriend was, was with us as well. That was so fun. Um, so glad that you're online. Um, let's see. What are your thoughts on digestive enzymes? Those are amazing for you. I take them um, almost every day. And again, that's something that can really help you, especially if you do experience um, a little bit more discomfort um, around bigger meals um, or just in general. Like I use this brand from Hum Nutrition, but you can also get digestive enzymes from Equilibrium, Equilibrium Nutrition, which is Dr. Kerbal's, um uh, brand. But um, yes, I love the ones from Hum Nutrition. Um, they're not in here at the moment. Otherwise, I would show them to you. But I take those all the time um, and not like I'm not like popping them like day, all day long. But like for any time I'm having um, a larger meal, like maybe one of my big salads for lunch or dinner, I usually have one. Um, and they're recommended to do actually when you're on a, any sort of CBO protocol or um, gut rebuilding protocol. But they're great. Um, also, if you are going to be having like maybe more of a treat meal, um, or a flex meal, whatever you want to call it. Um, or if you're going out to restaurants, I, I always, always make sure to bring them when I'm going to restaurants, just because even if I'm having, um, something that I know is like, you know, totally Meredith approved, <laughs> then it's still hard at restaurants to know exactly what's going into your food. Or maybe there's like a little bit more sodium that you'd really want, or they're using maybe some like oils that you don't necessarily want to use or whatever it is. You can't control everything and that's fine. But, but at least by having a digestive enzyme with me, I know that I can at least, um, keep little dis digestive discomforts at bay. Um, so I usually take one or two right at the beginning of a meal or maybe like 15 minutes before. Um, so definitely those are great for you. Digestive enzymes, two thumbs up. Um, let's see. Um, Melly asks, how about manifestation? Is there any tip, um, or focus, how to focus on intentions? So I'm so glad you asked. Um, yes. So manifestation is something that I love talking about and learning about myself. It's something that I've only really stumbled upon in the past few months, um, but has already made such an impact on my life. It just has everything to do with your mindset and, um, you know, what you feel like you can accomplish in this world. Um, because you can, and, and you just have to sort of set your mind to it. And it's all about law of attraction. So if this is sort of a new concept to you, 
I totally recommend reading the book The Secret, which talks all about law of attraction um, and basically how anything that you want, anything that you want to desi- that you desire or that you want to manifest or make a reality in your life, it's already been done. And it's just, it's it's been done because it's been that desire, that want has been put out into the universe as energy and as vibrations. And that's all that we are. That's all that anything ever is. Anything, we all come, it comes down to matter and matter comes down to energy, little atoms, right? And energy is, is submitted in vibration. So everything that you desire to put out into the world, you're putting out an energy, it ultimately has already happened. And so all you have to do in that moment is just sort of sit in the waiting for it. And if you tell yourself, I know that whatever I want is going to happen for me and just sit in that satisfaction that helps you, you know, bring that happiness to the now, to the present moment. So ultimately you're feeling more fulfilled in the moment. You're feeling happy in that moment. And that's just going to bring what you want to, you know, reality to physicality sooner. So just because you can't see it, you can't touch it, you can't feel it in the now doesn't mean that it's not real. It doesn't mean that it's not happening. It's happening for you energetically, vibrationally. And the more that you sit into that, the more that it's going to be drawn towards you and become a reality that much faster. But the more that you keep saying, I want this to happen and it's not, if you're focusing on the negativity, the universe doesn't know the difference between, I don't know, can you hear that hissing sound? That's my radiator. That's really annoying. So I hope that that's not too loud. It'll go away in a second. But the universe basically, um, it doesn't know the difference between negativity and positivity in terms of what it draws to you. So it's, it's neutral, right? So if you're focusing on negative things, then if you're saying, this is what I don't want, I don't want this, I don't want that, then your, your, the, the universe is like, okay, got it, ask and you shall receive. Like You're going to focus on the things, like if you focus on the negative things, they're just going to keep coming to you. Like if you're, and, and this can tie into everything from health and, and wellness to weight loss and stuff too. If you're always in the mindset of, I, you know, losing weight is hard. I don't want to, you know, be unhappy. I like don't want to be, um, you know, overweight, whatever it is. If you're always focusing on like the things that you don't want that's always going to be coming to you so that you can continue to have those thoughts, right? But then if you're always thinking, like, I am losing weight, I am getting healthier, like, I am getting more confident, then, like, again, the universe is, like, asking you shall receive. Those things will come to you that much faster. So that's kind of manifestation in, in a nutshell. There's so much more to it than that and ways to break it down and make it part of your day-to-day and um, how to use those tools to really, really... Um, build off of and um, in tangent with what you're doing in your daily health and wellness routines that I love to explore and talk about. So I try to incorporate incorporate manifestation and and mindset into my clients um, when I'm coaching with them, um, as well as I'll be doing that in my masterclass, which I would love for you guys to join um, at the end of this month, January 20th. Um, It's my Take the High Road Masterclass. And Um, I will be doing it live, small group setting to really dive deep on what people are hoping to accomplish in their life this year in the now. And it's a compilation of, um, exercises and questions that I went through and asked myself to really figure out what I wanted out of life and what, what my goals are, um, and really just bring more energy and vitality to my day. 
So um, would love to have you guys join me there. And if you even if you can't make it live, I'll be sending a recording of the class to anybody who registers and can't make it. Um, and if you send me questions beforehand, I can still address them during the class so you can get those answered anyways. So check that out. Um, and actually, if you sign up um, before tonight, you still get the early bird access. So um, just use the code ROADTRIP at checkout and you'll get a nice little discount. So really, really hope to see some of you guys there. Um, I'm going to answer a few more questions because I know this is going on kind of long and then um, we'll save some for maybe the next time. Um, let's see. Mm -mm -mm. Let's see. How can you decipher between someone having a leaky gut or a bacterial overgrowth? What are the symptoms and signs of each? So it's really, um, you know, you have to, I'd have to ask a, a lot more personal questions. It's, it's, it's sort of based on the individual person. Um, it's sort of hard to tell exactly because there are very similar symptoms physically. The best way to know for sure is to just test, to just take the guesswork out because ultimately if you're, you know, it's almost like you're trading time for money kind of thing. Okay, maybe it's a little bit more expensive to run a lab test, but ultimately you're gonna get an answer. You're gonna get like cold hard backs, like this is what's going on with your system and be able to get rid of the problem that much faster. Whereas if you're like, oh, like, no, I'm just gonna keep guessing and hope this works. Like it could be another year from now before you even actually figure out what the problem is, if that. So like, I would just take all the guesswork out, just be, be you know, get tired of being sick and tired and just like test and just figure it out. So I would run an organic acids test um, you could also run a stool test and those you can do through equilibrium nutrition. Um, if your local functional medicine doctor can't run those for you, you can order those tests right at home. Um, I did the big five lab tests, um, which were organic acids, um, omega, uh, hair tissue mineral analysis, um, food sensitivity and, uh, thyroid adrenal hormone. So I did all five of those and it was incredibly insightful. Like I highly recommend, I'll probably do another show or a blogger podcast on, on that process. Um, but definitely I recommend testing. Um, okay. Let's see. Um, okay. I'm going to do one or two more quick questions that were submitted beforehand. Um, and then we'll wrap this up. So, um, someone asked beforehand, what would you recommend for brain fog? So if you're experiencing brain fog, there are a few things I would want you to look at in your, um, lifestyle habits. So first of all, look at how, how much are you sleeping? How is your sleep? Are you getting enough hours a night? Are you sleeping at least seven or eight? Um, and also, you know, when are you getting to sleep? So if you are still, maybe you're getting eight hours of sleep, but you're not actually falling asleep till like midnight or one. Um, and then you're sleeping in really late on the weekends or whatever it is, or, um, you know, you're waking up a lot, then that's going to lead to lower energy and brain fog and less clarity, um, later in the day. So look at your sleeping patterns, um, and try as best you can to sort of get them in line with your natural diurnal, diurnal rhythms. Um, so naturally people, um, and you know, if you're looking at cortisol levels and hormone levels, 
you're naturally producing the most amount of melatonin probably around like 9 p.m. Um, and that's when your cortisol is supposed to be at its lowest and um, inversely your melatonin is going to be at its highest. So that's when you should be trying to get at least horizontal, try turning off the electronics and just getting into bed, calming yourself down around then. So then you can fall asleep um, around like, you know, 10.30 or so, 11, um, and then get in eight hours of sleep, wake up at seven, um, and just getting back in like a, a, a solid, um, uh, sleeping pattern should help with brain fog. From there, um, also look at your diet because if you're experiencing brain fog in the afternoon, that could be a, a um, key indicator that you're eating something that you're sensitive to. A lot of the times, um, it's going to be a result from eating any of the five like biggest offenders. So eggs, um, gluten, dairy, um, soy, and um, my God, I'm blanking on the last one. Eggs, gluten, dairy, soy, corn. So some of those are the five biggest offenders that most people are actually sensitive to. So I would try an elimination diet um, and cut those out for about 21 days. And then slowly, one at a time, you can add one of those back in and see if the brain fog comes back. But likely that's a big culprit. So I would look into doing that. Um, okay, last question. How do you handle a serious sweet tooth? Okay, so if you're having a really bad sweet tooth... I would first say, listen to your craving. And I don't mean listen to it and being like, okay, I have a sweet tooth, so I'm going to satisfy it with a cookie. Ask yourself why you think your body is craving something sweet. Because usually when you're having cravings, it's because your body's trying to tell you something. It's trying to tell you that you're not having enough healthy carbohydrates in your diet. Um, and so I would look to try to incorporate more healthy fruits and maybe starchy veggies in your diet earlier in the day um, and like having a smoothie for breakfast, having some healthy carbs at lunch. Um, and by adding in more of those um, starches and, and um, fruits, sweet fruits into your day, that is going to lessen your cravings for processed sweets and sugar later in the day. The other thing is to ask, is your sweet tooth because you need a sugar fix, meaning you need an energy fix and a quick hit, because that could, again, get back to how's your sleep. Um, it could get back to, you know, are you, ha when are you, when are you having breakfast? Are you skipping breakfast because you're fasting and then you're not eating as not as much? So then you feel like you need something later in the day. Like there's a lot of different questions. So, um, it sounds like a simple question. How do you handle a sweet tooth or a craving? But it really comes down to your personal lifestyle. So um, you have to take a look at a number of different things. But hopefully that gave you a little bit of um, help there. So, um, all right, guys. Those, uh, those, those are the questions for today. Thank you so much for all of you who joined in and asked some awesome, awesome questions. Loved that so many of you could hop on today. Um, I'm guessing a lot of you probably are also experiencing like a less than beautiful Saturday right now. Um, so we're all kind of in and staying cozy. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the High Life Podcast. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. It was certainly a fun one for me. Um, I always love doing these Instagram lives with you guys and having that interaction in the moment. 
Um, it's also fun to have the questions beforehand that you guys want to talk about, but also get questions from you as we go. I think that a lot of things sort of come to mind as we go and we don't always have, um, you know, what we want to talk about readily available, or at least that's how it works for me. So with that, I'm going to sign off, but I also wanted to just remind you guys that if anybody is interested in doing my Take the High Road Masterclass that is coming up this weekend on Sunday, I believe it is January 20th, and that is happening. Yeah, and there are only a few spots left available, so if anybody is interested, if you feel even remotely called to join, I encourage you to strongly sign up. When I first started getting really into manifestation and law of attraction and really connecting to my spirit sense of spirituality, the biggest lesson that I learned and I'm still continuing to learn is that when you feel called to do something, if you just have this sort of gut reaction that this is the book I need to read, this is the person I need to see or meet, this is, you know, the movie I need to watch or the the course I need to take, whatever it is, if you have that hunch, that gut reaction, go with your gut. You know, there's a reason that you're having that and I'm starting to learn, and as if you've read the book The Alchemist, which is now my favorite book that I read over Christmas, um, you start to pick up on these things as omens. They're almost signs from the universe, signs from within, from your inner being that this is something that you need to pay attention to. So I encourage you, if you have at all that inclination to join us in the masterclass this weekend, I highly encourage you to do so. If you can't actually join us live, that's still okay. Anybody who registers will get a recording of the masterclass for them to do on their own time along with the workbook. So you will definitely have access to that. This will probably be the only time that I do the course live. So it may be available for purchase as a recording in the future for those who don't register this time around. Um, but I think it's going to be the most powerful for sure when it's live. And we'll be doing some hot seat questions. So it'll be kind of like mini coaching sessions with me. Um, so yeah, would love to have you. And otherwise, I hope you have an amazing week. Please feel free to rate, review this podcast if you feel so called. And please share with anybody that you think would benefit from hearing it. Thank you.